Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. A Dear Media original podcast. Hi, welcome to Good Instincts. I'm Shira Barlow, but you may know me as the food therapist. Join me every Thursday for the same thoughtful support to help you close the gap between where you are right now and where you want to go. This should feel good, like really good. And it will, I promise. Today, we have Sammy Spalter. She is just phenomenal. She is the co-founder of Form and the co-host of a new podcast coming very soon, Transform. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I feel like in every conversation you and I have, we should just be recording them because they could all serve as podcasts. So I'm so grateful that we're intentionally finally doing this. Me too. I think this is going to be really special. And I think that you're, you're a really inspiring person. And I think that I haven't heard enough conversations quite like what we've had, which is that you are someone who has lost a bunch of weight. But I think the really, really important thing is, A, in this conversation now with Ozembic, I think it's really important to hear from people who have like truly done it this slow and steady way. I think that's really beautiful. But then just as importantly, you have always been the same smiley, shiny person. And I think that there's a lot of times this story of like, oh, I was so depressed and I didn't like myself and I was just like in this bad place. And then losing this weight changed my life. That is not true from you. I want to hear this from you, but you really have been the same sparkly, shiny girl this whole time. And I just want to hear a little bit about that because I think it is an important conversation to have. Yeah, I love that you bring that up. And I'm so grateful for you seeing that in me as well. And I I think my philosophy on this is I've always taken so much pride in the sunshine I know I can bring and the warmth that I know that I have. It's what I truly like identify with as a human. And when I was 80 pounds heavier, or even, you know, in all shapes and sizes and forms that I've lived in this lifetime already. But when I was just a larger version of myself, I still had that same pride in my heart. Mm -hmm. And I always led with that and my positive intent and just like the love I knew and know I can still bring to this world. But I did have a very clear disassociation from my body. So I think while you still felt that sunshine, there was a lot of inner workings that I'm now 
really diving into and learning so much more about my own journey, but I really just did not love my body. I was, I don't want to go as far as saying I felt trapped in it, but I definitely didn't identify with my body. And I really, really just focused on my soul. And I think I'm sure maybe anyone listening to this who has had a physical transformation can kind of relate that when you don't love every aspect of yourself physically, you become a really nice person. Mm. Like I would never make fun of someone for what they looked like because I was dealing with my own battles of insecurities that I had so deeply. And I think you also just learn to laugh it off too. Like I'll never forget just some of the silly comments that kids made to me in middle school and mm-hmm. high school throughout college. But those have helped define me and how I treat people. So I am grateful at the end of the day. And my soul, my soul is still here and my warmth is still here. And I'm so happy to say that now I am operating in a body that I love and that I have a deep, deep physical connection to as well. Mm. I'm just like smiling so big back at you because I'm so proud of you. And I think about I think about you in so many things. But one of the things I wanted to ask was I find in my practice with so many people who have had these transformations, there can still be some kind of like dysmorphic effect of you still kind of see yourself in that body in that way. And I was wondering if you could share a little bit on that for you, if that resonates at all. Yeah, In my therapy work that I do, which is weekly, and I'm a big fan of that for myself and really hope that other people can find what they need around all of this. But I have my different versions of myself. And I think that through my weight loss journey, something that's really top of mind for me is still honoring her. Mm. And by her, I mean you know, Sammy with 80 pounds and not ever making fun of her or thinking less of her, but like holding her so close to my heart that I can relate to just hopefully so many people and like be that hope and inspiration. But I will say when I physically look at her and I see pictures, I am taken back to feeling as if I am still her And recently in therapy, I actually did, I have never talked about this Mm. with anyone outside my therapist, but I think it'll be really helpful and hopefully inspirational. But we went through this practice of that version of myself actually meeting me where Mm. I am now, because I am really still looking to find the acceptance of truly like, okay, like this is my arm now, like this bicep is mine. I worked for that. This is my reward, my stomach feels and looks a certain way now like that is my stomach like really working through this Mm. and my therapist gave me this great practice that we went through where my previous form of self saw me in this present moment and I truly have chills just thinking about it because I don't think that version of me ever thought that this was possible oh wow I really just I really just fell in the trap of this is me and I can't change it. So I'm just living with it until I woke up one day and said, no, it is not. I can change. I have to make change to accept that change and find that change, but I can make it happen. Mm -hmm. And doing this practice and having my old self see who I am now, I was just brought to such tears. Wow. 
because I know that 22-year-old me looks at me now and is just so freaking proud. And even beyond what I look like, how I feel, who I'm surrounded by, what I'm doing with my life. I mean, it's no accident that I'm a co-founder of a wellness platform now, right? Like it just like these full circle moments in life that you can actually witness as your old self. It's, it's like truly out of this world. That's amazing. I think that that's so special. And again, really important to hear and really helpful to hear because I think there's a lot of people going through that. And I think that kind of relationship with your past selves and weaving all those versions together, whether you've gone through a big physical transformation or you've gone through a big spiritual transformation, Mm. I think that that aspect of weaving it all together is so important for just like identity and yeah. doing really deeply good work. And so I yeah. think that's really special. Thank you. I am so happy to share about it. And even my body now is so a body that has lost 80 pounds. And I also want to share, you know, like some of the things I'm realizing now about my body and how certain skin has stretched and yeah. how just how everything kind of looks different, feels different. And also now going through a new process and acceptance around that. And even, you know, we're all living in this like very open social media, you know, open dialogue of a landscape now. And it's funny, I I posted like a picture of my stomach mm. a few months ago after I got a lymphatic drainage massage. Yeah. And some just not so nice human being DM'd me saying, oh my goodness, I see your lines from your surgery. Of course, you got a tummy tuck. (gasps) I knew it. And I'm reading this and like, okay, obviously I didn't get a tummy tuck. If you've been around, you've known this has taken a long time. But I'm also reading this and then looking at myself and saying, oh my God, she's seeing the line of my loose skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That tells a beautiful story of my journey, but is, you know, misinterpreting that. And I think that was a really important moment for me to just honor my body and mm. honor my journey and my experience and know my truth too. But also, yeah, just seeing little things like that that happen online and reinforcing with myself that people are always going to have something to say. Yeah. But at the end of the day, this is my body. This is what I'm living in. And it's something that I want to love and that I want to feel so good in. Yeah. And yeah, so I think those like post-transformation changes and acceptance period is a whole nother thing. Right. And but, you know, I think that first of all, thank you for so much for sharing that. Second of all, I feel like I mean, I'm so protective of you, but I'm also your biggest fan. Like, I think that you should be talking about this stuff on social Mm -hmm. more because that's the kind of thing that I think that if you just go to your social you might just be like, oh, well, lucky her. Seems like she has a really charmed life. Yeah. Must be nice to be seen. It's quite a highlight reel. Yeah. No, no. (laughs) And I think that you're now, and we've talked about this offline, obviously, about this idea of letting people in a little bit more on this journey and letting people in a little bit more that like you're the most smiliest, sparkliest girl in the world, but you've worked really hard for it. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think there's so much vulnerability around sharing that I am really inspired to lean into. And honestly, why I love the podcast as like a medium so much is because this is very well a conversation that you and I have already had that now I really hope that can serve as hope for people. Like what I have done is nothing that whoever is listening to this cannot do. Mm. And I've proven that to be true for my life because I was that girl saying, there's no way. There's no way. I'm just, I'm meant to be overweight my entire life. Mm. And now I just did a DEXA scan. I don't even think I told you this the other day. And I'm on like the athlete category. Athlete. I'm the girl who couldn't even finish the mile in middle school. Like truly. And now I'm considered an athlete by my body composition. Wow. Which Sam like chills again. But I'm I'm really excited to hopefully help provide the inspiration that so many of us need to just commit to ourselves and choose ourselves and show so much behind the scenes of that journey too. Because everyone sees the physical change and really, you know, I love like the hype and the reward around the physical change, but the emotional journey and mindset shift required is so much more of the day to day. Mm, Okay. I love that. Today's episode is brought to us by Blissey. I am for real so obsessed with this silk pillowcase. I have kind of wild hair and it has changed the game. I wish that I had known about this sooner because just so you know, I mean, it doesn't matter what type of hair you have, but especially if you have wild hair, like you wake up in the morning, it is not a rat's nest. The other thing about it is that, okay, I'm a back sleeper. I actually train myself to be a back sleeper, but if you are a side sleeper or a stomach sleeper, you got to get a silk pillowcase. You don't understand it. I genuinely talk about this stuff, even if they weren't a sponsor of this show, like silk pillowcase for president. The other thing about it is in no way, shape or form would it ever be acceptable to have something that goes on your bed that you can't wash in the machine. I'm sorry, but I'm not hand washing anything that goes in my bed. These are machine washable. They're 100% mulberry silk. I'm such a big fan. And with the holidays around the corner, I think that it is a great gift or just gift it to yourself. Honestly, especially give this to yourself. This is really lovely. I feel like we're all spending way too much on skincare to have it all rub off on like a cotton pillowcase. They also have a bunch of different prints and colors. And you know what? Men like them too. Fact. Try now risk-free for 60 nights at blissy.com slash good instincts and get an additional 30% off. That's blissy, B-L-I-S-S-Y.com slash good instincts and use the code good instincts to get an additional 30% off. Give yourself the gift of a good night's sleep with Blissey. So when we were starting off right before we started, I asked you just like I would with anyone, especially someone that was like very close to me and, and I'm protective of, I was like, is there anything that you don't want me to ask you? And what you said I thought was really important. And I was wondering if you would share that because I think that there's a lot of this missing, I think, from the wellness conversation. Absolutely. Yes. So I think the only fear I have around sharing this like militant textbook of like what I did to lose 80 pounds is that I am truly only an expert at my own journey. 
and even an expert at hiring experts to help me and guide me on that journey. And I just want to kind of cut the cord right now of sharing that this is what worked for me and honoring that, but also giving people permission to find what works for them. And like, I'll give you a perfect example. Dairy and I are homies. Yeah. We love each other. Like I love raw milk. I love Love whole milk. I love cheese. I never gave it up where I have best friends who truly that's like the first thing that they need to change about their nutrition. Yeah. And I think that's just an easy example of something that worked and works really well for me that might not work for someone else. And I love how you always speak to bio-individuality. And I think, I mean, we should all embrace each other's differences so much, but truly when it comes to nutrition and what I choose to do and eat, I don't want that to ever serve as a textbook for someone else to say, this is exactly what I need to do to do exactly what Sammy did. Right. And I think that that's really, really a good piece of information because yes, I think that you, we all kind of lock into people like you that have done this thing that a lot of people are trying to do. And then it's like, how do we do to a T what that person is doing when I think we are lacking that bio-individuality piece, which is why I have a job. And like the reality is, is it is personalized and it is important to be able to look at someone, look at what they're doing and be like, okay, some of that would work for me. Some of that wouldn't. So obviously what we know now is that you've lost 80 pounds and now you've been maintaining it. And arguably for a lot of people, and I'm curious to know your thoughts, but that maintaining piece sometimes is harder for people than the actual loss. Because I find that in my practice that I believe that, and tell me if I'm wrong, this is what I've observed, that being on that mission to lose that weight and the kind of dopamine hits of like, steadily doing something and reaping a reward and seeing it and have people notice it and the whole thing and then going down smaller clothes and all of it is such a reward system and it feels so noble and it kind of keeps us company in a way as like a friend and it's like what you're always striving for. And then when you get that thing, sometimes that can be a little scary. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find that at all? Absolutely. I mean, the journey is so rewarding. And I loved all the milestones along the way, even when I was plateauing, like understanding all of it and celebrating all of it. And you know what's funny, Shira? I don't know if I've crossed my finish line. Mm. And I'm not talking about that in the term of results. Yeah. But I do think that this maintenance mode is kind of me always like seeing the finish line, but like maintaining this as my life now. Of course. I love that as just a way to think about it. Because that's the thing. And that's what I tell everyone, which is that you're not on something that you're going to fall off. Like there's nothing to fall off of. It's just like taking really good care. And obviously you've been finessing. But I think that I think that you're exactly right, that it is it is something that especially in terms of the self-knowledge, like, listen, I have people that I've been working with for many, 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 many years. And there are things that we're constantly learning in terms of the self-knowledge piece. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's why I'm obsessed with working with you you. and your private practice is that it allows me, like, clearly I did something right, right? Like I lost 80 pounds. I completed that. Like, holy shit, that's amazing. I'm so proud of myself. Huge. But like, you're the first person to say that I come to you and I'm like, 
how does this actually work to help me? Like, I feel good, but tell me why. Or like, I made this change and I'm feeling better, but tell me why. And I think that always being curious and wanting to know more. And I think in my life, I am always learning. And I'm such a big fan of always kind of being a student and expanding my knowledge. And this is something that clearly I've dedicated a lot of my life to. So I want answers on and I always want to be learning. And even like what we've been chatting about with my cycles and like, obviously that's such a buzzy thing right now, but I'm like, with good reason, my goodness, it makes so much sense. And knowledge is power. So I don't want to accidentally feel like I lost 80 pounds. I want to understand and know, and when I'm continuing, why I am having these cravings or choosing these meals and what truly is my lifestyle around food. I love that. And I think that Listen, I think that what you've done is so fantastic, but I think that the fact that you are continuing on in this way of being like a lifelong learner in this way about yourself, because their hormones change and things change and, you know, things shift around and we have to be able to understand what those things are. So, well, would you feel comfortable? I mean, basically, here's the thing with Sammy, because I'm very protective of you. You obviously have done this amazing thing and you have really gotten yourself incredibly healthy. And you did it a specific way. And no one's saying that that's exactly how you should do it. And then what's interesting is you kind of landed on a very healthy way that I would have recommended. But then we really were understanding why that was working. So I think for you, I don't want you to feel like you have to... Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, okay, let's do it. No, truly, like, I am here to share. And I... That's so generous. I am so grateful that, like, I now, anecdotally speaking, have something to speak on that can really give people that inspiration to do it for themselves. And I think, like, so much of the hard work is done. But, like, as we said, we're always learning. We're always growing and evolving. And there's still so much that I'm now learning. And I feel like I'm kind of just getting started in a new light as well. But I would be doing my previous self a disservice if I couldn't share how I did get here. So let's absolutely do it. Okay, I'm excited. The other reason I'm happy to do, A, that's so generous. But the other reason I feel like you've been like, how do I do this? I don't want to feel like I'm telling other people how to do it. This happened to work for me. And like, we've already set that stage of like, no one's saying anything else except for this is how it happen for you. Yeah. And I think even starting from the top with my journey, when I think about how I initially made such change, I would likely do it differently now. I think that's helpful to know. Yeah. So we can even start back in 2018 where I had been living in LA for about six months at this point. And, you know, you move to a new city, you get your new doctor. So I go in for my first doctor's appointment. And at the time I knew something with my weight. Again, like I was living in a vessel that was my body that I had no association with furthest level of connection possible. And I'm stepping on the scale because that's what you do at the doctor's office. And I hear the number and, you know, it has a two in front of it. I'm like, holy shit. Holy shit. We're here. The next day I got the referral to the nutritionist in the practice and made an appointment I met with him and, you know, I'm grateful to have worked with him. And I think maybe that's what I needed at the time, but he did put me on the keto diet. Right. (laughs) Right. And, you know, in hindsight, I think keto, while it wasn't 
the plan for me. It did teach me so much about self-control and so much about giving myself guardrails to which I could operate in to make change. And it was very strict. And I was really militant about it. I was really strict within it, which I honestly think was a great test of my self-discipline. So I was keto for two years. Yeah. And that was truly like more of a willpower challenge. Yeah. Because I'm a foodie and I love food and I love going out and making it social. And I wasn't getting that experience as much. And I think this is what, in hindsight, you and I have really identified as me being what you love to say, the prisoner of the plan. Like I was a prisoner to the walls that I was living in within just how strict something like a one word labeled modality of like, I mean, truly a diet in every vein of that word is. And it just was not for me. And I remember meeting with him, realizing this and looking at him and saying, I need different guardrails here. Can we please switch it up? And he's looking back at me saying, why? It's working. Right, right. And in that moment, I mean, it was such a gut punch of like, okay, you're not my guy. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like truly seeing it so straight on. And, you know, I'm grateful for that experience. I'm grateful for what that showed me I was capable of. And really just like the momentum that it gave me of, seeing, I mean, I had lost, I think at that point it was like 40 to 50 pounds and I was already so proud of myself. So I took matters into my own hands and I kind of made my like kind of keto situation where I was grain free. I was refined sugar free, but I was really big continuously on the protein and the vegetables. But a lot of the foods that keto was a big no-no to, specifically like carrots, bananas, I mean, apples, like so many random things that I missed and like so much fruit, beautiful, like yummy, sweet fruit. I welcomed back in and oh my goodness. I mean, I was so grateful. Mm. I was so grateful and my body loved it. Like truly I would, I mean, it sounds so silly. Like I would eat those things and I was like deprived. I really was. I was way, I was operating in a way too strict of a capacity. And that's never like for anyone listening to this, who's resonating saying like, that is me right now, make change because it does not need to be that way. Like I am the person living my best life and my foodie lifestyle. Mm. And I can truly go to any restaurant, eat what I know makes me feel good. And I'm not obsessing over sticking to a quote-unquote diet. Wow. Yeah. So I took matters into my own hands. I really found this just grain-free lifestyle that made me feel really good, high protein, high veg, lots of fruits, really finding beautiful substitutes to like nostalgic things I used to love, like a healthy mac and Mm. cheese or like cauliflower rice stir fry, just so many amazing ways that I could reincorporate things that I was craving and really bring my foodie self back. But what happened is that I plateaued and I wasn't gaining weight, but I wasn't losing weight. And I was fine with that at the time. I really was. Like I had a period of time that I was really just so proud. I mean, losing 40 to 50 pounds, yeah. like I looked very different and honestly put that shit aside because I felt amazing. Yeah. Like I really felt so much better. And obviously movement is a huge part of my life. And at this point too, I'd really found 
this intuitive way to move my body and understand what movement my body was craving and really leaning into like slower, like low impact, big walks, taking fun classes, meeting my now business partner, Sammy Clark, and her just becoming my new obsession Mm. with form workouts. And yeah, I think during that time, even though I wasn't losing weight, that plateau was actually really beautiful for me to just be in this maintenance mode similar to what I'm in now. And I'm just Mm. kind of discovering that common thread. But then I woke up one day and I wanted more. Yeah. And it wasn't, again, about just losing weight and seeing a smaller number. I will add that I am just, I'm a business person. I'm numbers obsessed anything in life. I I like to track by numbers, but I know that could also activate something negative in other people. So you find your way to track it. But for me, it wasn't necessarily about seeing that smaller number. It was just knowing that I wanted to challenge myself. Mm. I was really comfortable. And I think in life, you've got to get uncomfortable. Mm. You really got to get uncomfortable to see the change and make the change to see the change. So this is when I really just started to deepen my education around nutrition. When I started being probably one of, you know, your top listeners to your podcast and such a full circle moment now being Mm. on it. But really just educating myself and doing the work and realizing that even though I was eating these foods that made me feel great, I was eating a lot of them. (laughs) And then understanding this like new plate theory of how much protein I should be having and what the rest of my plate should look like and how my meals should be created and what snacking makes me feel like and what that's actually doing to my body. And then you know, really just refining. And I think in life, we're all refining everything, but refining my nutrition to really what I am doing now alongside you and your private practice, but really, you know, having this perfect world where I know what makes me feel good. And right now that's intermittent fasting and That's having a really simple but tasty lunch full of protein and vegetables ending with something a little sweet. And then dinner being like my main event and really just getting so creative and still finding those substitutes. But I mentioned I was grain-free. I am no longer grain-free. I I love my sourdough, my local sourdough bread. I love, I mean, there's just so many things now that I'm eating that Even I was making chili the other day and I'm putting beans in it and sweet potatoes and corn. And I'm realizing like, holy shit, my previous self wouldn't eat any of that. Yeah. Because, you know, quote unquote keto villainized so much of that for me. And here I am. And that's like my favorite part of my chili that I'm making. Yeah. So I've really gotten my modality of eating to a way that I know I can do this for the rest of my life and refine it and continue to learn about it. And see how it's making me feel. But there's no guilt associated. I have full food freedom. I love eating. I I really do. And I think, again, that's such a buzzword, food freedom. But like, holy shit, I feel like I could be the face of it at this point. (laughs) Like even today before this podcast recording, I had lunch with my team. And of course, we got sweet potato fries and truffle Mm. fries. And I'm having both and like loving both and appreciating how good they taste. And I'm not mindlessly eating, but like very intuitively tasting my food and digesting my food. And I'm not distracted while I'm eating. I'm like so focused. And I mean, look, I said it before, I love food. And now that I'm able to express how much I love for 
my food in a way that allows me to still feel good. Yes. It's the dream. That is so special to hear. And I feel like it's all true. And I I knew all of that, but it, it's so, I feel so proud sitting here and like mm-hmm. watching you say that and getting to know that people are going to hear that from you because I think it's really inspiring. And I think it's really honest. And I think it, the reality is with something like keto, it, it is a tool and, and you can lose weight quickly. The thing is, is if you're going to do it for two weeks and kind of jumpstart a thing, sure, sure, sure. But I think anything that you can fall so hard off of isn't really the move. Now, you kind of prove that a little bit untrue because you're so locked in. That is extremely rare to be able to keep that going for two years, basically. But the other thing about you and and with doing the keto is that when you did start adding in starch and sweetness and fruit back in your life, you, I think, really appreciated where it was coming from and you really savored it. And I think what is more common is you do something like keto and then you fall off of it and then you're totally off and then like, fuck it, it's all ruined. And yeah. you were like, hold on, I'm. this has been really helpful for me and I appreciate a lot of what it's done. And it has been, I mean, the focus on protein and veg was extremely helpful for you. But then you're like, but this is, this is kind of a prison and I can't enjoy it. And why can't I have a banana? And why can't I have beans? And so I think you figured out a way and we're figuring it out together in terms of why that's working, how you add some of that back in and have that be sustainable. And I really do think the crux of it is the greens and the protein as front and center. But now you have access to these other things that you're craving. You can really access your cravings and then be like, oh, you know what I really want? Chili. So I'm going to like make it and have it with like, beautiful chicken and I'm going to have like beautiful greens and protein for lunch and the whole thing. So I think that's really beautiful. I think the other thing that you mentioned was about the intermittent, which I think that you have done really well with. And that's something that you were doing previous to us. And then it feels really good for you. And then at the same time in thinking about the bio-individuality piece and the hormone piece, thinking about, you know, perhaps there are times, especially in your cycle where maybe you might be like, oh, I actually am craving a little bit more at this time that's outside the window. And that would totally work too. I think that now you're in this really beautiful place where it's a finesse that you've obviously lost this weight. And now you're just like further optimizing, like feeling even better, like your best possible self. And I'm just so proud of you. Mm, Thank you. I mean, I'm just so grateful to you and everything that you've allowed me to Mm -hmm. learn because even truly like with something like intermittent fasting and truly someone like myself who has lost so much weight, there is this mindset within it of like, oh shoot, if I make change, like if I don't practice intermittent fasting today, Am I going to revert back? Right. And I think hopefully a lot of people can relate to that in any facet of their life. But you're not going to revert back. Like you were all on this journey and truly like giving myself grace and also listening to my body and having such a connection with my body and realizing that some days, holy shit, I crave breakfast and I deserve to eat when I'm having cravings because life is beautiful and like you should never be living in a box ever, ever, ever. And understanding the cues that my body's giving me and acting on them with the knowledge that you are me with is the greatest gift. I really, 
I really, really appreciate you. And I think this is so generous because I think people do feel like you have to do it this one kind of ozempic way. And there is what I'm finding in my practice now is because I have a couple of people who were on it previous to meeting with me and they're terrified of coming off. I had someone, Wow. the reality is, is because you essentially aren't hungry, what happens is, is like you can eat small amounts of a bunch of kind of things that you might not normally indulge in. Mm. But then when you come off of it, it hasn't really taught. I think so much of it, and we've talked about it, is this idea of future self, of listen, I in my practice am the first person to say like nothing's off limits, but not everything can be worth it. And I think the way to access that is through that future self, that connection with your future self. And I did all this research when I was writing my book on why is it that for some people, it's really hard to close that intention and action gap? Why Mm -hmm. is it that you can have all the information, but to do that day after day and to make those thoughtful choices, why is that so hard? And what all the research showed was that, and it it was almost all in financial savings. Mm -hmm. And the idea was that saving for the future sucks because you have to forego something you want right now in service of a bigger payoff down the line. And what they found was the reason why it's so hard to do that is because people do not have a clear connection to their future self. We kind of think of our future selves like random people. And then because of that, it's hard to do a random person a favor. And that's why, and we've talked about this, my brines do so well because they are so locked in, not just on how they want to look, but how they want to feel. And I think for you, you have throughout this entire time really connected to how you want to feel. And it wasn't just the clothing size and it wasn't just how you look in a bikini and it wasn't just about the pictures. It was really truly about how you feel. And I think that that's another reason why you've been so successful. Thank you. Thank you. And I just think the work you're doing is so fascinating and I can totally relate. And I think it's so important and just shows why everyone needs to find their why. Like if you want this and you want to commit to yourself, figure out what you're going to remind yourself of on the Mm. days that you don't feel as good, Mm. why you're still going to show up for yourself and make choices for your future self. And for me, I just knew it was possible. I knew that my future self was going to thank me. And here I am saying thank you to my previous self. Mm. And I mean, truly, you just need to connect with your why. You need to find your why. You need to connect with it. Don't do it for, you know, the mean girl in your high school class who called you fat. Don't do it for the mean guy in college who wouldn't take you out because Mm. you looked a certain way. Don't do it for them. Don't do it for your family who wants you to look a certain way. Like, no, no, no. Like, we are stripping you from all of that. You are doing this for you. You need to find out why. And you needed to commit to that. Because in life, there are so many commitments you're going to make, but the one to yourself is everything. It's Mm, truly everything. Sammy. (laughs) I think you are so spectacular. And I think that's so spot on. And I think there's a lot of people listening who are in that place where they're like, I really want this, but I haven't quite been able to commit to myself. And I think a huge piece of that is that we tell ourselves lies. I think that if you have, I mean, you're kind of the outlier, but for most people who have done a very unsustainable thing and then I did, right. I did do like 
truly so many. I mean, literally, I was overweight my entire life. Like yeah. as long as I've cognitively been here as a yeah. human being, I've always been above average size. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we, we've talked about like, I tried the Weight Watchers thing. I literally have been on the cookie diet. Yeah. And should we go there? Like I was eating like cardboard cookies oh, with man. like fake chocolate chips. Right. That I was literally suggested by my doctor, by my pediatrician. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like there are a lot of ways to lose weight. There's keto, yeah. there's calorie deficit. It's not that those things don't work, it's that they are unsustainable. Yeah. And so I think that the reality is there are specific formulas for yourself that if you're working with someone one-on-one, -on -one, they can help you figure out. But the thing about it is that if you've been on one of those unsustainable things and then you fell off of it, the lie you could tell yourself is like, oh, I'm just not someone with willpower. It's not for me. I'm not going to be able to do it. Some people have that gene. Some people don't. Yeah. Some people have willpower. Some people don't. I I mean, I was that. And truly, I think that speaks such volumes to why I was able to make this change was that day that I spoke on in 2018, I wasn't accepting that anymore. Mm. Like, actually, no. Like, I'm, I'm not good with this anymore. Mm. This isn't me. But I think whatever you identify with as in life mm. becomes this label that you're putting on yourself and like, literally the life that you're now living in. So if I just continued to label myself as someone who was always going to be overweight, why would I live differently? Right. If that's how I identify, like I'm not going to act differently when that's clearly who I am and what I'm finding my identity within. Right. But now starting in 2018, I'm looking at myself in the mirror and saying, no, this is the life that I'm going to choose. And this is what I'm sticking to. And I know my why. Hmm. And look at me right? Like yeah. it worked. It worked. And I even think speaking on my genetics could be helpful because I mean, I'm 5'4". Yeah. I'm still curvy. Like I freaking yeah. love my curves. Me too. And I, I'm not someone who's, you know, this like long, lean woman. Like I'm yeah. just not. And I never will be. Yeah. And like that's something that I've also accepted. And that is something that I identify with, but in a very healthy way, right? Where I'm not trying to morph myself. Like, I love how far I've come and what my body now feels like and how that actually looks. And I'm not trying to just change it and be someone who I cannot be. I am so glad that you said that because I think it's a really important piece. And that's the thing, like, I throughout my career have had people like send me pictures. And it's like, if you're five, four and curvy and you send me a picture of Giselle, then like, that's not it. Right. Like I, Giselle is beautiful Stunning. and I love her, but like, we're all beautiful. Totally. Right? Like, and I, yeah. I think that that's a really big piece too, because I've really come to that so much more, even in the last five years, like I'm 37. I had a kid. I, I have to say that I feel better than I did in some ways when I was 25, not because I'm, you know, the same exact size I was when I was 25, but I just own it. Like, I yeah. think that the reality is like, You're there's so things about your body that are not changeable. And so if you start really focusing on the stuff that you actually can work on and do your best to embrace that other piece, God, it's so sexy and it feels so good. And 
I, we can only be like the very best versions of ourselves. Yes. You know, and I, but yes. don't you feel like embracing that is the hottest thing in the world? Oh my God. You can feel it. Yeah. It like radiates off of people. Yeah. And that confidence and that feeling when you find it for yourself. And I'm so happy that you have found that for yourself too, because yeah. it is truly like, like, no wonder I love you so much because mm. you love yourself so much. Yeah. And that, like, you know what I mean? Like, that mm. allows when you accept yourself, Everyone else loves you so much more deeply. And it's because you're able to show up as your best self. You're not holding yourself back because you're deeming yourself incapable or not beautiful enough. You're like, this is what I've got. And I'm going to freaking flaunt it. Yeah. And yeah, like, I know I don't look like Giselle, but I look like Sammy Spalter. And mm. I, I'm different in my own beautiful way. And like, that's, that's that. I mean, truly so many of my friends even look like Giselle. And I'm like, right. y'all are stunning, but their beauty does not take away from mine. That is exactly it. And I think learning that was a huge piece for me because I've all, I have really stunning friends too. And, and I think that idea of someone else's shininess and someone else's beauty doesn't take away from yourself is such an important thing that you learn at some point in life. But I also think that like in female friendship and female relationships and female peership, and I do feel like for a very long time, and in some cases it was all built on that self-deprecating thing of, oh my God, you look so good. Like, oh my God, really? I feel like I look gross. You know, and that was truly the highlight of female friendship of just like, no one can take a compliment. No one feels good. Everyone hates themselves. Your mom hates themselves. Like the whole thing. Yeah. And I do feel like that when you get into situations where people are like, oh my God, thank you. I feel really good lately. I feel really healthy. I've been doing this. Or don't you feel like that is such a different energy? Oh my God. I'm obsessed with you bringing this <laughs> up because not only have I realized and paid attention to the people who don't accept compliments, mm. But I think there's also this dynamic and I would love for anyone listening to just like be aware of this. If someone calls you beautiful and you're like, no, 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 I feel like shit today. Yeah. That's step one. But then also when someone says you're so beautiful and you go, no, no, you are. Right. Like, I think that's almost the more common version. Yeah. And I want to strip every one of that mm. because again, like, yeah, like you can find someone else beautiful and give them a compliment, but accept your own first. Yeah. Like accept that compliment and own that compliment and also give a compliment back. I think words of affirmation is such a beautiful love language because it communicates what we're feeling and communication is everything at the end of the day. If you see beauty, share that beauty. Yeah. And I think like as human beings, we just have so much of an opportunity to brighten people's days. And I'm not just saying to compliment people based on what they look like, but also just how people make you feel. Yeah. And if you're getting complimented, don't deflect that. Take it, take it to your heart and like, let it sit there and mm -hmm. share that love back. And if you hear someone not accepting a compliment, work through that with them because they deserve that compliment. Yeah. That's theirs to take and to keep and to feel. I love that. I'm sure you're the same way. I, do, I really do do that. I definitely saw a pregnant woman at the grocery store the other day and I was like, you are so hot. Like yeah. you are so pretty. And I told her because she just looked she glowing. She was glowing, oh. but she just looked good. And yeah. I, and she was like, oh my God, really? And I was like, yes. Like, 
unbelievable had to stop you and say that. But it's the kind of thing where sometimes you'll catch someone in a moment. And I feel like it honestly, I mean, not to be so heteronormative about it, but I feel like a woman saying that to you yeah. honestly means way more than a guy coming up to be oh. like, you're so beautiful. But if we someone are was girls, like, girls. Yeah. That is fact. Like, yeah. especially like someone, if someone just came up to you and was like, I'm so sorry, I don't want to bother you, but like, you're stunning and I can just feel your energy and it is radiant. Don't you think you'd be like, ah, thank you. Yes. Like, I really appreciate that. No, honestly, I I love it so much. And I love giving compliments so much. Yeah, and like, like the art of accepting a compliment and sharing a compliment. Like, obviously, when I give compliments, it's because I want people to feel their best self. And like, that is such a gift within it. But also like altruism at the end of the day, like we're never doing anything good to not have something good be like felt back. And the way that that also makes me feel yeah. good when I'm making someone else feel good is also not to be ignored. Yeah. What you mentioned earlier about like not commenting on people's bodies. Yeah. I think so much of what I've witnessed in my transformation. I'm so curious to hear what you're oh about my to gosh. say. I get so many comments about, oh my God, you look so different. Mm. You're so skinny. Mm. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm laughing now, but like, I think just always being so gentle yeah. with people and their body and saying like little things like maybe switching and not saying like, you look so skinny when if you follow me on Instagram, you see me working out every day. Yeah. I, I much prefer You're you tell me you call me strong. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah, I just think that there's certain words that have really just impacted our society and skinny for me 10 years ago is something that like I would have paid to be called mm. literally like yeah. I would have given a kidney for yeah. someone to be like you are skinny yeah but me now I'm like I don't want to be called skinny oh I love like that. I don't want you to think of me as someone who's skinny yeah I want you to think of me as someone who is bold and beautiful and strong mm. and curvy still yeah. and like owning my natural curves and loving on them and like skinny to me almost feels like the opposite of a compliment. Yeah. It's like frail. Yes. Yes. And it's just, I think it's really important for all of us within our girl culture yeah. to keep in mind that certain adjectives just put yourself in someone else's shoes. I mean, there's so many different versions of so many words. Yes. But like really just think through what you're going to say when you're commenting on another person's body or just don't. Yeah. But you can also lift them up without speaking specifically to their body. Absolutely. Like, my goodness, you are just shining so bright. Yeah. I love how confident you are. I can tell how comfortable you are in your skin. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness, those types of things light up my day. That's such a good thing to keep in mind too, because I do think it's something, it's something that comes up again and again. And I think it's helpful to have you say that that way. And even just like, you look so healthy, like you look so happy. I can feel it healthy. just like, help, oh my like gosh. radiating out of you, like you're yes. glowing. And, and I think that, yeah, sometimes those comments about someone's body can be kind of activating in that way, whether yeah. it, it oftentimes it is intended so lovingly, but. But it's kind of backhanded. Yeah. Cause it's like, oh, you, now. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like you were probably also the person commenting on when I wasn't skinny, but using a different word. Right, (laughs) right, right, right. Like if that's your adjective for me now, then what was it then? Like, I don't really want to know, but. Mm, I think that that's important. And I think there's a lot of people who get that. But then for the same amount of people, I would say there is the exact opposite where people are like, what's what's the problem? Because it is so good intentioned. But I do think hearing it from you in that way. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The backhanded compliments are so tricky. You know, it's funny. I even, this goes back, I'm almost 30 years old and I'll never forget a girl in high school. I heard that she said verbatim, Sammy would be the prettiest girl in school if she would just lose 50 pounds or whatever the number was. I don't know if it was 50 back then, but there was, you know, losing weight associated. I'm like, goodness. Even in that moment, I'm like, she couldn't just say that I was so pretty. pretty. Yeah. Like I had my, my prereq to be pretty was to lose weight. Mm. And like, I still hear that. And I even think back to that time in that culture, there were these sick, disgusting quotes, like a minute on the lips, forever on the hips. Yeah, yeah. Nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. Yeah. Like truly all of that needs to be lit on fire and like thrown in such a dumpster. <laughs> But it's sick that like that is the culture to which I was so vulnerable in. Yeah. And I'm so grateful that we are now in a world where people are running around saying, gosh, you look so happy and healthy. Yes. Because I am happy and healthy. Yeah, you really are. And that is the thing. And I think that people can be, you know, and we did a whole episode on this because I have a client who's in her early 20s. She's like cool and young and hot and out with her friends. And she eats a specific way for her. She's kind of like me. She's not someone who's ever been able to tolerate like a ton of pasta or a ton of starch. So she picks and chooses what's worth it to her. But oftentimes like at dinner, she's ordering a beautiful piece of fish or a beautiful piece of chicken or a beautiful Mm -hmm. piece of meat and like veg. And her friend kind of, or her friend, I say in air quotes, was like, oh, I noticed that you never ordered da 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 And the vibe of it was like, you're lame. Yeah. It wasn't like oh, are you okay? Or, oh, wow, I noticed that you're really health conscious recently. I'm so curious, you know, for myself or whatever. And listen, we all have our stuff, but I do think it tends to be a younger thing, but it can activate things in other people. And I think it can make people feel like they're behind or feel like they don't have willpower and you do and the whole thing. But I would just say to anyone out there, like a young Sammy who's on her journey or someone just even maybe just starting or thinking about starting, like all you do is you focus on what feels good for you. Like the reality is that comment that she made, like that's about her. It is such a reflection of her. Yeah. And I'm so hopeful that your client took that as such. Oh, she did. Yeah, yeah. She said something. Yeah, good. And like, there's so much social pressure around the food we choose to eat. And even I know recent conversation you and I have had about my journey about what we drink. And like, honestly, even to just shed light on my current relationship with alcohol, I am like really here for a life with no alcohol. Like it does not make me feel good. It truly feels like poison within me when I drink. And, you know, I'm still in my 20s. I'm still going out here and there, not as much as I used to, but there's so much social pressure around ordering the drink. I mean, I've been to literally a dozen weddings this year, including my own, like open bar at all of them. And 
95% of the time I'm having bubbly water with a lime. And I am probably busting out the craziest moves on the dance floor sober. And I'm so grateful to be at a place where I do feel so comfortable to not have to give in to the social pressure to drink, knowing that I'm going to regret it the next day because I'm not going to feel my best. I think that's so hot. But of course, thank you. I really do. Because that's- (laughs) I'll accept that compliment. (laughs) That's the thing though, because you are going to get social. Like it is still, I think for a lot of people, socially acceptable to be like, come on, I thought we're having fun tonight or I thought this was a celebration or that we're all doing that. You know, like there is that. And I think that for you to be able to choose something for your own future self that makes sense for you. And we've talked about this a bunch too, which is that when you indulge in something, whether it is something like alcohol, knowing that you're not going to feel great the next day or whatever, assuming that you have a healthy relationship with alcohol, or if you choose, you know, this wild dessert or whatever. And, and even if it didn't fit in a part of your plan, or maybe you did it consciously, as long as you did it in this thoughtful way where you're like, do I want this? Yeah, I actually really do. And I'm going to do it thoughtfully. That type of indulgence feels incredible. Absolutely. Indulging because you don't want to seem lame or you want to make a good impression or you're worried someone's going to say something like that tends to feel awful. I literally just thought of a very specific example. So I I never label myself as sober because if I do want to indulge in a drink yeah. because I'm craving it and I want that, then I will. Yeah. And recently I was out with friends and someone ordered tequila shots for the whole table. And like this tequila shot is right in front of me and I'm staring at it. I'm like, holy shit, if I take this back right now, I might puke. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. no one is safe. Like yeah. this table is now my splash <laughs> zone is what I mean. Yeah. And like... I literally looked at it. Everyone takes theirs back. I poured it on the floor. Good I don't give a you. shit. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Exactly. And that's the kind of thing, by the way, there's a really funny meme of Miranda Kerr doing that and like throwing a shot behind really? her on a yacht. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I wish I was on a yacht. Yeah, she's Miranda. on a yacht. No, she, no it's like a very <laughs> famous thing. But yeah, who gives up? Up. Yeah, no, like no, not. Also, who needs to be? Ta- if you want to take a shot, God bless. I respect but, it. Like, sure, sure, sure. But I just don't think that that should be like any world where you feel like you have to do that is the move. Yes, yes, Sammy. I think you're amazing. Well, I'm very excited about your podcast. We're gonna let you share to the world when you're ready. Follow Sammy though. How are we finding you on social? Where yes. are we finding you? How are we finding form? I love that. So on Instagram, I'm at Sammy Spalter. On TikTok, the same, but my TikTok is literally just videos of my golden doodle bagel, who I love with my whole heart. My business is Form at Form on Instagram. Mm. And our podcast is at Transform on Instagram as well. And it's coming soon. It's coming so soon. It's going to be really, really spectacular. And yeah. it is with her co-founder, Sammy Clark, in yes. form. Which, and I feel like you guys together is such a, like an amazing mix of so many good things. I mean, truly, we are best friends, soul sisters, business partners, and also so different in mm-hmm. such a beautiful way, but with such a common thread to the point where I hope anyone and everyone can relate. And I'm just mm. so excited to also have you on Transform I and have wait. part two of this conversation. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to Good Instincts, hosted and written by me, Shira Barlow. 
You can find me on Instagram at Shira underscore RD. Good Instincts is a Dear Media Daily. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.